Hey there, Emma Mae McDaniel here. This podcast is powered by the Converge Podcast Network. Hi there, everybody. I love y'all so much, and I'm so glad that you're here. My name, if you are new here, is Emma Mae McDaniel, and you have tuned into the Have You Heard podcast. But guys, this is a very special podcast. I say that all the time, but this is super, super special because this is our 100th episode of the Have You Heard podcast. Like 100. This is a big deal. And I'm so thankful and honored and just excited. And I'm praising God for his faithfulness about how he's provided for every episode. And I'm so thankful for all of you who have joined along in this journey. It's been pretty much two years since we've started this podcast, which is insane. So we figured we have to take a pause in this UR series to celebrate and acknowledge that this is the 100th episode. And a really fun way we thought we would do that is we have gone back to the past 99 episodes and just found some highlights, just some clips from some of the last episodes, and we have put them together to make this podcast. So you are about to get to tune in to just different podcast episodes with different guests that we've had featured on here and all even going all the way back to the very first episode. And so I think it's going to be so much fun just celebrating how great God has been and what we've learned. And I appreciate y'all so, so much for tuning in. And I'm thankful I get to grow my walk with the Lord with you. Happy 100. So guys, grab your headphones and let's get into the word. May Jenkins here to welcome your beautiful self to the Have You Heard podcast. But friends, this is not only just any podcast episode. This is the first Have You Heard podcast episode, and I am stoked. As I grew up in a Christian home, I fully believe that every single one of us is going to give an account for what we believed and the life that we chose to live. And so whether you are growing up or did grow up in a home that believed in the Lord or not, your faith, it has to be exactly that, your faith. Like you will give an account for the faith that you have or the faith that you don't have. Like you will get to say what you believed and why you believed it. And so even though my parents loved the Lord and put their faith in Him, I I got to decide whether or not that was a decision I would make for my own life. And they walked alongside me, have held my hand, guided me along the right path so that I would remain walking in it. But ultimately, I get to decide what I believe. God's love does not end with you, but it continues with you. And so as I was seeking God's face, walking with Him, discovering more of who I was because I was discovering more of the one who made me, I could not keep this hope to myself. Hebrews 6, 19, it's a hope that's an anchor, firm and secure in our soul. It's a hope that the world is craving. It's love that casts out all fear. It's by grace that I have been saved through faith and it wasn't by my own works. So I couldn't boast, but it was the gift of God. 
because I believed in his son that I am saved and I can have life that is abundant and rich and cannot be taken by the world because the world did not give it. I have to share this with anyone that I possibly can. And in Romans 8, 28, we know that God works all things together for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. And so I believe that even though the enemy intended to use the words of people to speak lies and and hatred and insecurity into my life, God actually used it to reveal how powerful what His Word says about us is. God used it to reveal the power of His glory, and God used it to reveal His love that never, ever fails. And so whether it was atheists or Christians or Jews or Mormons or Muslims, I mean, or, or Satanists, I mean, you name it, there were people coming to my social media account. And whether it was to laugh at it, make fun of it, or just get a refreshing smile from it, or it was to learn more about the Lord. I didn't care why they were coming. The fact that they were coming and hearing about the gospel, that got me so excited because it's all about the Lord. It's all about Him, friends. And that's the heartbeat of everything I do, the gospel. The gospel is why I'm so excited to talk to you right now. I would say that what I, I would always tell myself just to don't take yourself so seriously. I, you know, I said earlier I was an Enneagram One, and I think I didn't, I wasn't raised in an environment where grace was all, spoken about a lot. Yeah. Um, and it was definitely a great home environment, but grace just wasn't something we taught or we understood well, mm-hmm. and it carried over into my relationships and even the way that I saw myself. That I didn't have wow. grace for myself. Yeah. So I, first thing I would tell myself is. Just go easier on yourself. Like, don't take things so seriously. Like, laugh at yourself. Laugh at opportunities. Mm -hmm. Um, Just be lighthearted. Be more lighthearted. The second thing, I think, especially to a married couple, and I know we had this conversation, is enjoy this season because this is the most Mm -hmm. simple season that you will ever have. Yeah. They just get more and more complex. (laughs) (laughs) So enjoy the simplicity of the season you're in. And while it does have its frustrations, it does have some of the um, the concerns of being kind of the newly married couple and the things that you're learning, it's still simple. And so just really like yeah, soak in that one. and don't be rushing to the next season. I found myself mm-hmm. doing that a lot of like, oh, well, if we just can graduate college, that's going to be perfect because we're going to have jobs and then we'll have a lot of money. And then no, mm-hmm. and then it's like, OK, well, we, now we're going to have kids. And so now we're, we have the perfect family. And so now, OK, I want my kids to be in this set, this school. And so it just every season starts to get more and more complicated. And so yeah. as you look up and 10 years has passed you by. And you didn't soak in the seasons mm. that you had. That makes me think of another conversation we've had about stubbornness <laughs> and how, because we both can be really stubborn. <laughs> and something you have shown me that I'm just so in, constantly inspired by is that I can gear my stubbornness for good or for bad. Yeah. And that was a game changer for me. Like, how how cool is it that I can either, I can stay in my head and stay frustrated and stay focused on myself and Mm -hmm. how I messed up or how I didn't measure up and, or I can be stubborn against the idea of staying in my head. Like I can refuse to let this rob my day or I can refuse to let this flaming arrow like have, 
have a whole have a whole field to play with in yeah. my day. I can put up my shield of faith, be stubborn against the enemy, and move forward. And that, mom, that really has helped me so tremendously. And mm-hmm. I think that that's exactly kind of what you're saying is yeah. I can either keep in step with the spirit and be stubborn in that way, or I can say yes to the flesh. I can surrender to the flaming arrows of the evil one, and I can be stubborn in that way. I'm very excited about our conversation today because we're talking about all the seasons of relationships. As you have gone through singleness, you've gone through dating, you've gone through engagement, marriage, and now you're a mama. And each one, I Mm -hmm. like can just know that they helped shape you and draw you closer Mm -hmm. to the heart of the Lord. And just there's Mm -hmm. so much that you probably took out of it and gained wisdom from. So I want to like go back to the very beginning, even before Clayton. And how Mm -hmm. was your season of singleness? And I know sometimes Mm -hmm. on Q&As on Instagram, I will get questions so much, like Mm -hmm. so much about singleness and how do I wait? And how yeah. am I content? And what do I do if I'm like in a season of singleness, but I have this desire to be married one day or like, help mm-hmm. me, I'm boy crazy. Like yeah, all, all of these questions that I think I really commend those who ask because I feel like that's courageous because I think a lot of us wrestle with it, but to ask says a lot of somebody. So can yeah. you speak yeah. into like different things that you walked through in your season of singleness and how the Lord yeah. taught you to be content in him? Yeah. Um, well, when I think back, I feel like once you get married, like the before, like when you're single and you're waiting, the waiting feels so long. I was actually telling a friend that the other day of just like, before I met Clayton, it felt like I was single forever. And then all of a sudden you meet your husband and then you have a baby and like that time of your life feels like so short when you look Mm -hmm. back at it. Um, But thinking back, like I kind of see it as two parts. Um, Mm -hmm. There was about four years of my life where I was in a relationship that honestly I just didn't have peace in at all. And um, I had peace for about the first two years. And then I think I felt like it went on about two years longer than it should. And um, it just wasn't healthy. It wasn't life-giving. Um, yeah. And bottom line is I really just didn't have peace. I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't have peace. And um, I always think about the scripture, it's Proverbs 3.17. And it says, her ways are ways of pleasantness and all her paths are peace. And, um, after that that. four years of like being in this really just like wrestling, like I really just wrestled with like where I was at, the relationship I was in trying to create peace, um, and realizing that I couldn't create it. Um, but after those four years, I was on the road, I was back at dancing and, um, living a dream in a lot of ways, but on the inside, I knew like, I just wasn't, I wasn't at rest. I was very much just didn't really know who I was, didn't know who God was, honestly. Um, and in that, didn't know who I was. Um, but I remember one day going home and I just moved to Nashville and I'm sitting on my bed at my apartment. And I remember just being like, God, like, what is happening? What, like, what is my life right now? And um, I had just felt like God had just said, like, let go, like, just let go of everything, like the relationship, um, the job, just everything that I really found my identity in that wasn't him. And um, I quit everything pretty much. And I just remember sitting there like going like, what is, what am I doing? And 
um, I felt like God took me back to when I was a little girl and showed me, um, we have this video of me when I was like three or four years old and I walk in and I pick up this like little play karaoke mic and I look to the right and I look to the left and I say, I love, and then I look center and I say, Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I was just reminding me that I was a daughter, that I was his. And um, that really changed the, what I would call my single season. Um, wow. Yes, I was in a relationship for those four years, but like I wasn't married. I wasn't, you know, in a lifelong yeah. commitment to somebody. So I still consider that single season. Mm -hmm. um, but then the next two years, God just really began to show me who he is and who he was in my life and where he was in those four years. And, um, and that just changed the next two years of being single. And I would say like, when I look back, I have like, <laughs> this sounds funny, but when I look at those years, I'm like, I have no like regrets in the sense of, I felt like God showed me what it was to embrace it, like embrace the season. Mm -hmm. And I was surrounded by people who were in the same season but also just like looking for Jesus in it and we celebrated y'all I'm really excited about this next question and I think I'm so excited about it because all of us are in kind of a different season in the aspect of romantic relationships and so I think all of us have such really cool perspectives to bring to this question. And it's simply any dating advice. Like <laughs> I've had so many people send in like dating relationships, talk about it. And so okay. I thought, why not? Like, like, why not talk about it from all of the different seasons and perspectives that we have and that we've been in? When you go on a date with someone, don't worry about if they like you or not. Just worry about if you like them. Um, mm -hmm. I think so yeah. often we go on dates and we try to be impressive and we try to catch their attention instead of just like actually evaluating if we like this person or not. And it becomes kind of like this game where it's like we try to win their affection. We try to make them like us. And in reality, like, do we actually like the person we're on a date with? And I think that's often overlooked. Comparison and insecurity stems from pride. And if we get the eyes off of ourselves for a second, we're able to see other things. And the thing about comparison too, is that you're either elevating someone above you or you're pushing someone down below you. So I think that as many times as you can hear this, finding your security in the Lord, and it sounds easier said than done, but it has to be a daily choice moment by moment. I've talked about this with you girls quite a bit that insecurity isn't something that happens and then it just goes away. It will come up at certain points in my life and I'll be like, wow, I feel kind of insecure about this and I get to choose what to do with it. Do I choose to submit to God or do I just choose to sit there and throw myself a pity party? If you are studying God's word and like it doesn't look exactly like this, you're not, it doesn't necessarily mean you're doing it wrong, but it's a I means by you which that. you can learn from Ruth. It's how you can continue to grow and it can be an even more um, just fruitful time as you learn how to study the word of God. But how do you practically hide God's word in your heart each day? And like, what does that look like? 
Yeah. Well, first of all, I want, I love that you just said that because the last thing we need is to feel like we have to model ourselves after somebody else Mm -hmm. or that there's a formula for this. Um, There really isn't. And I'll just be the first to admit, because I love getting real vulnerable and real. And I want to make sure that nobody ever listens and goes, well, sure would be nice to be just as disciplined as Ruth is or MMA is, you know? Um, So I'll just be honest and say, I have wrestled and struggled with desire for the word of God my whole life, my whole Christian life. So when we say something like open the word and spend some time in the word, even if five minutes or five hours, I just want to acknowledge that there might be somebody just like me who's going, what if I don't want to today? Well, I would say, (laughs) confess that to the Lord and say, God, I I want to turn to everything else. I want to scroll my phone. I want to open a magazine. I want to call a friend. I want to go shopping. And I rarely want to spend quiet, alone. And I, I'm just being really honest and saying there are seasons when we talk like, when we're like, I just don't feel like I'm getting something out of it. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like this is fruitful. And I just want to acknowledge that not every season in the word will feel like a dynamic fruitful, amazing time. There are times when you're going to read the Bible and you're going to say, am I reading this wrong? Am I getting anything out of it? And so I'll just share a couple of practical things that um, are regular and daily for me. Um, And then there are things that are seasonal. So like seasonally, I would say, I definitely love when seasonally I find time to actually do a real Bible study. Let's say, mm-hmm. you know, using a peer's Bible study um, curriculum or really sitting down and saying, I am going to study the book of Nehemiah, let's say, or whatever, and actually taking the time to really open my commentaries and study and do that. That is not every day for me. And that is, that's seasonal. There are seasons when I go, it's been a while since I've studied for my own heart's mm-hmm. joy because I'm a content creator and I'm a writer. And so there's a lot of studying, quote studying, that is for the purpose of producing things. But studying the word, not for production, not for a podcast, not for anything, that's really communing with the Lord. And not every season affords me as much time as I really am needing in that. And so seasonally, really studying the word. But on the daily, I have to mix it up between sitting and opening and reading and then listening, Mm -hmm. and sometimes listening and reading at the same time. So I I share this a lot because I feel like that's good. sometimes we think that somebody else's quiet time looks like they, well, my husband's actually does look like this. Troy actually looks like 5.30 in the morning, a cup of coffee, watching the sunrise, sitting by the window, and working through his Bible in a year plan, where it doesn't matter. He might be reading in the middle of Amos, and he's like, faithfully reading what he's supposed to be reading for that day. And he's thinking on it and he's chewing on it. And then he reads a book after guys, that's not what mine looks like. <laughs> so I'm just letting you know, there are I some people wired honesty. for them. Some people are wired for the mornings. Some people are wired for routine. I'll just be honest. I have, I have a day that sometimes starts super early because I have a um, staff member who's on the East coast. And sometimes we have to tackle something for grace lace that starts early. Sometimes I'm answering some issues on social media early or late. I'm not saying my way's right or Troy's ways, right. I'm saying you ask the Lord and say, Lord, in this season, how do I honor you best? My best is not mm-hmm. first thing in the morning. My eyes don't open really well. I'm a little bit like needing to just get a good 30 minutes of like, walking around before I can even focus. Otherwise I'll fall asleep while I'm reading my Bible. That's just me. So some of my best might be mid morning 
And that's when I say, okay, I'm going to take a quick break. break. I'm going to take a walk. I'm going to listen to my Dwell app um, or whatever. You can listen to scripture on the ESV app. You could, um, whatever it is that you're using. Mm -hmm. But right now I'm using Dwell and I'm um, reading it while I'm listening. The other day I listened to, um, well, Nehemiah is on the brain. And one recently I literally was like, I'm going to just play all of Nehemiah and I'm going to have a South African accent, read it to me with some guitar music in the back. And he's reading it slowly. And he has an accent that I wasn't like immediately understanding quickly. So I have to listen carefully. And you know what is crazy is I heard verses and I heard things that I was skipping over when I was reading. Because sometimes Mm -hmm. when you're reading, you just open it and you're like, I'm putting in my time. Not, not, nobody says that. We're not like actually thinking that, but we're kind of like, oh, I want to read the word today but I got to get off to doing some other things. But sometimes when you listen to it and you read at the same time, or you just go on a walk and you listen to it and you commune with the Lord, you hear things in a different way. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network and is sponsored in part by... What's up, guys? Whether I am traveling through airports or I'm simply in my day in and day out running errands around town, it's nice to have some go-to shoes that are both comfy and durable. And Rothy Shoes definitely fits the bill. These are my sage green Chelsea's and I love them. Some days I'm feeling fancy and I'm wanting to dress up a little bit, but other days I'm feeling casual and just wanting to wear a t-shirt and sweatpants. And with Rothy's, I can allow these shoes to complete my look no matter what I'm feeling each day and not only all of this but Rothy's shoes helps the planet by knitting their shoes with thread that's made from plastic water bottles isn't that just so cool your new favorite shoes are waiting for you so discover the versatile styles you can wear absolutely anywhere and get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com slash emma that's r-o-t-h-y-s dot com slash emma for $20 off your first order Everybody. The reason that I started taking Athletic Greens is because it's a means by which I can take better care of myself and stay healthy, which is super important to me. But sometimes with traveling, it can be a bit harder to get my greens in. And that's another reason why Athletic Greens is so awesome. With their travel packs, which are like super small in size, you can even fit it in your purse, it's easier for me to get good greens in at the start of my day, even while I'm traveling. It supports better sleep quality and recovery. Athletic Greens supports mental clarity and alertness. I mean, even if we think about the fact that tons of people take some kind of multivitamin and it's important to choose one with high quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. So friend, right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packets with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Emma. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash Emma to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. 
I used to feel like if I wasn't suffering, I wasn't following Jesus, right? There's, there's seasons to dance and there's seasons to mourn and there's seasons yeah. to harvest and there's seasons to, to spread out seed and, and to build and to, you know, reap and so, and so what you, what you see throughout scripture is obeying him and being right beside him, that he's going to lead you. And to all mm. of you that feel like, I don't know if he's going to lead me. I feel confused. I don't know if I matter. I don't know if what's next. I, I want to please God, but I don't just the wanting to please God, just the wanting to please God is so mm-hmm. pleasing to him. And do you <laughs> That's think- That's so I mean, good, I, Jenny. Yeah. I think about my child who I adore. And if they're like, mom, I want to do the right thing. Help me do the right thing. And you do you think I'm going to confuse them and be like, I don't know what the right thing is. I don't know what you're supposed to do. Like, good luck. No, if my kid says comes to me and says, hey, I, I want to be right with you. And I want to- please you. And I want to do what you want me to do. I'm going to be like, baby, thank you. I love you. Come sit mm-hmm. on my lap. Let me tell you what would please me. Let me tell you what would be good. And, and that's why I love this book because so much of it is just that relationship of God saying, Hey, let me tell you, let me tell you how to please yeah. me. Let me tell you how to walk with me. Let me tell you what to do. Even make disciples who make disciples. You can do that over the internet. You can do that in a coffee shop. You can do that as a 12 year old. You can do that as an 80 year old. Guess what? You have a mission. And what you can do that in a cubicle, you can do that in a profession, any profession. So he gave us an assignment and he, he said, Hey, that pleases me. I tell people all the time, I'm like, if you make two disciples this year, does that feel like heaven would be cheering and God would be pleased? And everybody's like, I mean, what's the right answer? Yes. You know, like they're confused. <laughs> it's like, maybe. Yes. <laughs> like, the answer is yeah. yes. Matthew said in the end, when Jesus is ra- raising up from heaven, Matthew 28, it says, Make disciples to all nations. So, so if you're contributing to that mission, you're winning. So I think we just get so confused and we make it so complicated and we see heroes of the faith now everywhere. You're one to so many people listening. And, and we watch those people and we're like, wow, that's what it looks like to, to obey God. And to all those people that are looking at both of us that way, I would say, yes. And, and I do the exact same thing today in this moment that I was doing Mm -hmm. 20 years ago when I was just out of college and I was making disciples who make disciples in my living room. And I was teaching them what Mm -hmm. it looks like to obey Jesus. I wasn't seminary trained. I didn't, I probably got a lot wrong when I was doing that, but I I wasn't very old and I was basically discipling my peers, but I'm just doing the same thing today. I I'm doing the best I can with what I've been given to make disciples who make disciples. And yeah, that's a lot more people. But in my mind, it's not any different than it was then. It's just good. That is good. Yeah. That is yeah. good. I want to go into the next one, mm-hmm. the most steamy one, mm-hmm. the one we get asked about the most. Yeah, most like for every, sure. Every single time we do a Q and A, every single time we do a Q and A, I've not, I have not done a Q and A, or we have not done a Q and A that we mm-hmm. have not seen this one. Yeah. But it, what is physical boundaries? Like mm-hmm. what? How far is too far? What can, what can I get away with and what can I not get away with scripturally, pretty much physically <laughs> in a dating relationship? Like, tell me, Emma, what can I do, please, so I can go have fun? <laughs> well, I first want to, like, affirm y'all and encourage you that I think it's so cool that that is a lot of the 
questions yeah. because I don't know all of the hearts that from which those questions are flowing. But simply the fact that you're asking the questions mm-hmm. shows that you desire to go about this journey well. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to say I'm proud of you for asking. And I hope that the addressing of this question helps you and equips you to go about your journey well. Yeah. Um, and you are probably expecting me to give this whole laundry list of things that you should do and things you should not do and things that you should wear and should not wear and things (laughs) that places you should go and shouldn't go and all those things. And before I get into that, I do want to first and foremost say like scripture is so clear regarding the physical boundary of sex is for the purpose of a husband and a wife Mm -hmm. within marriage and like that's it's the most beautiful experience when it's within marriage because that's what god's designed and his design is pleasing and good and perfect and there may be moments of gratification and pleasure outside Mm -hmm. of the marriage whenever sex is had but I can guarantee you that it's nothing like what is within marriage simply because every good and perfect gift comes from God. So it being outside of God's design, just simply that in of itself says that it's not good and perfect and it's lacking what God intended for you to experience within what he designed. Requires a conversation. Yeah. And it requires a, a trust as well. And it requires some maturity of like, you may be coming into this with some boundaries and the other person may not have any boundaries. And that person with no boundaries needs to honor the person with boundaries. Just because you don't have there's some. there's no boundaries, that's a red flag. That's a red flag. Yeah, that's <laughs> Just going to throw that um, <laughs> That's very true. But like, or less boundaries or whatever. But yeah. like going into it and realizing that it's like, okay, whatever honors both people. And if that is something for Emma that's not for me, well, then that's a boundary of our relationship because that honors Emma. And a relationship is not about yourself. (laughs) Relationship is about the other person and loving the other person and figuring out, is this something we want to do together for the rest of our lives? Mm -hmm. And I think that's, I think that's something so key that we can like, yeah, but it's not a boundary for me. So I can do it. She just won't do it. Like, or he can do it, but I just won't do it. It doesn't work that that way. way. But I think that's just something very important to continue to communicate mm-hmm. as a physical boundary. It's weird to say communicate, but that is so important. Mm-hmm. We were driving to go get all the things for Penelope and I was driving in the left lane and I thought that I was driving the speed limit, but I kept having people pass me. Like they were driving behind me and they would get into the right lane, speed up and get back into the left lane ahead of me. And I thought that it was just really interesting because as cars were passing by, my first thought, my first assumption was that I was doing something wrong. My first assumption was that, oh no, they're they're doing it right and I'm going too slow. And I think it's really interesting how often do we look to the right and to the left and see others going in a different, maybe even faster pace than us 
and we feel as though we're wrong because we don't look like them, we don't talk like them, we don't think like them, we're not going as fast as them, we're not doing as many things as them. But how often do we look to the right and to the left and see others going a different, maybe even faster pace than us, and we feel as though we're in the wrong because we don't look like them. We feel like we should be doing more. We should be producing more. We should know more. But this is all coming from a place of thinking that we should be where everyone else is. Rather, oh friends, rather than being where God, wherever He is guiding us to be. I want to offer this question to you to think on and take to your quiet time with the Lord and Ask yourself, do you see others as your standard of what is good, what is productive, what is correct? Or do you look at Christ as your standard? Something that I was really excited to talk about is the fact that not only have you taught me through your words that just in our day-to-day conversations and, and things you've spoken over my life, but also just as I've watched you live your life by example, you've taught me so much about how to not be consumed with worrying about what people think of me, <laughs> being confident in who God originally made me to be and not being so caught up in caring about the different opinions that people have of me. And I wanted to ask you and have you share like, How did, and I'm sure it's a, like we were talking about just a day by day, but how did you kind of come to this place? What did the journey look like for you of not being so consumed with caring what people think about you? Mm -hmm. Um, That, like you said, that too is also a journey. And um, it was the season of about at the age of 30 or so, um, mom and I had been married for 10 years-ish. And um, we we had just gotten to the point where um, we didn't know if we were going to make it in our marriage. And I looked at my life and looked at being a father and looked at being a husband. And it appeared I had everything together. And we had the land and the house and uh, kids were in private school and we were making plenty of money. And it was like we have the, 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 the perfect image of what you would think is the American dream. And our marriage was falling apart. So it's like, okay, if I'm, if I'm religious, playing the game, living up to what the world is saying I'm supposed to be, I look exactly how they're saying I'm supposed to look. I'm in the I'm I'm living the perfect life, but I was really religious in my journey with the Lord. I didn't really know him as the man who died for me and was buried and rose from the grave. I just knew I had to b- perform yeah and get it right to be right with him and then if it all looked right then it was um okay you're in. But when the marriage started falling apart it's like I have all this together but she wants to leave. And this is a painful subject, but it's like when you're religious and you and everything is falling apart, it's like, okay, I'm fixing if that's what caused this and this that's what helped that's what led to this part of the journey, mm-hmm. then I don't want to be that anymore. Yeah. And living up for people's approval, being the little brother, being the one that thought I never mattered, being the one that 
wanted to um, be all of these things. It's like I wanted to look what they said I was supposed to look like. And whenever I took that out of my life saying, I don't care what people think. I'm just going to love God, love people, and I'm going to grow my beard out, and I'm going to wear what I want to wear. I hate ties. I'm not going to be found in a suit unless it's a wedding and my daughter asked me. <laughs> and so it's those kind of moments like, yeah, I don't care what you say. You have no say-so in where my journey is with the Lord. That's between Him and me. That song that says, I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses. And the voice I hear falling on my ear, the Son of God discloses, and He walks with me and He talks with me. So this journey that I have with the Father of just walking and talking and living, Jesus, what would you do? Jesus, how would you do this? I'm not going to let America or man tell me what I'm supposed to look like and be and do, mm-hmm. or this image that is portrayed, this fake on um, social media tells me this is what you're supposed to be and look like and do, and this is how you do it. But when I'm walking with the Lord and He says, this is how I want you to look and be and live and do, man, what a peace that comes over me. There's a great peace and falling in love with how the Father leads you and not the world leads you. Because you're never enough when the world leads you. Y'all, that was amazing. I am I feel like I could listen to that all day long because I've just learned so much from my people. And I hope that y'all have learned so much from them too. And I can't emphasize enough, God is so faithful. But before we head off today, I just want to acknowledge something super cool. Right before I started doing this podcast, I remember being really nervous as I went to pray to the Lord. And I was like, God, I've never done anything like this before, and I'm kind of scared, but I trust that if you have called me to do this, then you're going to equip me, that you've given me everything I need. You're going to provide for each episode. And I sit here today with y'all having celebrated 100 episodes. So in a way, I'm actually really celebrating God's faithfulness and His provision. He's so good. He cares about your heart, and He is He's such a provider. So... Thank y'all for tuning in with me today. If y'all are on YouTube, be sure and give a thumbs up, subscribe, comment down below what your favorite episode in the last 100 have been. And if you are on Apple or Spotify, be sure and download, rate, review, share it with your people, and we will be continuing on in the UR series next week. I love y'all. I pray blessings and encouragement and a deepening of faith over your life today. Be sure to subscribe, rate, give reviews, and go share this episode with all of your people so that we can continue to build our community and build our faith. Thank you for tuning in to the Have You Heard podcast. And don't forget how awesome you are. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network.